Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're taking a break from the consumer product space. We're talking to one of my really good friends, Kevin Hershorn. He is like an unbelievable talent in the music, entertainment, editing, like all of that space. And we've been working together now for a couple of years. And I'm just so excited. I, I, was, I realized the other day, we I'd never introduced him to our audience. And I always get questions on like, how do I get a podcast launched? How do I find someone to help me with editing? How do I find someone that knows sound or cameras or all of that? And so today, you're going to meet someone that you should work with. <laughs> Kevin, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Justin. I got to say, it's such a cool experience to sit and hear you make your famous introduction, which I've heard many, many times Right for me. That's so weird. It's not something I would have expected. I know it's consistent, right? I've got it down now. I mean, 350 times um, or more. There's one or two we never published, but um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but hey, man, it's so good to have you here. And um, I, I, I'm just excited to, you know, we've never really talked about your background. You know, we talk and we email and I watch your shows and all, but I mean, like, we really never unpacked that before. So I'm so excited to do that today. And like I said, I think one of the things we want to do for those of you listening is we're going to apply this to you guys. So um, if you're interested in this world of, of, of music, of technology, of podcasts, of related singing, uh, you're going to learn all about that today, which would be really cool. So let's do this, Kevin. Let's first start off with give our audience a little bit of your background and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Yeah, I was actually born and raised in Miami, Florida. I am uh, currently 35 years old, and I started playing the piano when I was about six and a half. When uh, right around that time, maybe a few months prior, uh, we lived in uh, an area of Miami called uh, West Kendall, which was in the bullseye of Category Five Hurricane Andrew. Oh, I remember. Which, which came through in 1992, and and our house got just demolished. We we all huddled in the bathroom. Wow. And uh, yeah, oh yeah, it's just one of those things. You know, you have in your life those moments where you think before that time and after that time. Right. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> even though I was such a little kid, it's still such a vivid memory. Anyways. Wow. We had a piano in our house, like many people do, a piece of furniture collecting I, dust. I played piano growing up, by the way, and keyboard. Yeah. 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 No, I know you're a musician also, Justin, so <laughs> right. and it's cool because maybe maybe even after this is over, we could talk more about music. If yeah. We do yeah. that. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I think story goes, my mom wanted to learn how to play at one time in her life. There, there are no musicians in my family. Uh, my dad was a definitely a huge fan of music, but he wasn't a musician. And that hurricane came through; it soaked the piano <laughs> that no one Some, was using, or the no one, one was using. Yeah. And it was almost—I mean, from what I understand, they were going to get rid of it. But for some reason, they decided to keep it. It was somehow salvageable, <laughs> and uh, I <laughs> kind of started teaching myself how to play. I would go to summer camp and come home and kind of play the songs that we were singing at camp. And I guess I just had a natural ear at the time, and I was able to just pick it up. That's so cool. Yeah. And for those that don't know Kevin, Kevin Lawrence, um, and that Lawrence is your middle name. I, I think yeah. that's kind of funny. Um, but then it's Hershorn. So you got to unpack that for us. 
Sure. Yeah. So Kevin, Her Kevin Lawrence Hirshhorn is my full name. And when I uh, decided to give the music thing a shot, I was like, ah, Kevin Lawrence kind of flows better. It's easier <laughs> to say. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to have any people, you know, many people butchering my last name. So uh, hey, Kevin Lawrence it. for music, Kevin Hirshhorn for just about everything else. Yeah, I get it. It's hard. I mean, like Hanuman, not everybody spells it wrong. And anyway, yeah. I could just get my middle name's Craig. So anyway, people don't even know that probably. Um, so, so one thing I love about you is I love how you bring, like you're able to entertain a lot of people. I mean, one of the things I saw, I mean, and I learned about you the last what year or two was you're, you're following on social media, how you've built your own personal brand, your YouTube channel. I mean, what, 18,000 subscribers, 4 million views. I mean, this isn't small change and you've been on like a bunch of TV shows and whatnot. Um, one thing I think is really cool too, is like we can, I could put a song out there and you'll just like play it. So how did all this start for you? How did you start building a brand like this? Yeah. So when I was in high school, I still remember the day, I think it was my, my aunt had a friend who was throwing a Christmas party in Miami. So I was maybe, I don't know, 17 years old. And she said, would Kevin, I know your nephew plays music. Would he come in and be <laughs> interested in entertaining party. us? Yeah. And that was my very first gig until that point. It never occurred to me that somebody would maybe want to pay me to go and play music right. at their house. So it really started from there in high school. And then I did it throughout college. I went to Florida State. And go I Seminoles. Yeah, are you, are, you're not, you I lived in State, Tallahassee right? for ten years. I mean, oh, and I graduated I from high school in Tampa. I know. Oh I don't even gosh, know. If you, amazing. We haven't. But we got a lot to talk about. I mean, I know you must yeah. have said it at some point. We went to a lot shows. of Florida yeah. State games growing up. I mean, it was like part of our. That was really the only thing to do in Tallahassee, like other than yeah. school. But anyway. And that's how it was when I was there also. It was the only <laughs> sure, thing to do in Tallahassee. Thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think it's still probably the same way if you go there now. It is, yeah. But uh, anyway, so yeah, I would come home on the summers, and I was like, I want to see if I can make some extra money. And and uh, fast forward, I graduated from Florida State with a marketing degree, and I got a job in corporate advertising. And I stuck with that for a while, and I was like, you know what? I really, I was starting to get really involved in trying to write my own songs, and I wanted to give it a real shot. So it was kind of from one day to the next. I was I had graduated from college. I came back home to Miami and I said, you know what? I'm going to maybe just give this shot. I'm going to go to either L.A. or New York. It seems kind of cliche now. Right. You got to go up, to L.A. Pack or New bags. York. Right. Yeah. Or Nashville. Uh, right. right. Or Nashville. <laughs> At the time, it was like yeah. L.A. or New York. L.A. or New York. So I decided on L.A. I went out there and I was like, I'm just going to give this a shot. And write your own music or cover others? Like, what did that look like? Yeah, it was a combination. It would really be whatever I can do to get noticed out there, which is really difficult. <laughs> right, because a lot when you're of other in, people, right? I mean, exactly. When you're in one of those places, you're amongst the best of the best of the best. And I wish I could say I went out there and I was like, you know what? I'm the best <laughs> you came damn back and songwriter. With the label. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I got there quickly and I was like, um, I think, you know, I have a lot of work to <laughs> got do. got a lot here. of work to do. <laughs> And ultimately, I kind of quickly, I didn't want to be that person who goes out to a place with a dream to be an actor or a musician, and they keep on going and pushing for it. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's a, that's a quality that you need to have to really make it that I don't think I had for myself. Right. I just didn't want to be that guy. I just kind of went with a, a, you know, a finite period of time to give myself. And I was like, this is, it's just. I'm not going to make it as a songwriter and a performer and that's okay. Right. And, uh, one day 
a friend of mine who's a musician said he should go on one of these vendor websites. Uh, there's a bunch of them. You know, I'm sure you've heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> like what? MySpace, Red well, the yeah, Time, well, right? Like those kind of sites or other? Yeah. Even fast forward a little bit, actually sites specifically, to, uh, you know, geared towards people that are looking for entertainers oh, or vendors it. for private events. Perfect. See if you can get paying gigs. Got it. So I signed up to one or two of them and it really kind of blew up from there. And before I knew it, I was, I had a, a full time kind of thing doing private parties, whether it was weddings, whether it was uh, anniversaries, bar mitzvahs, uh, corporate events, and you know. Uh, try not to get too excited here, Justin, when I'm listening to all these things that I've, I was <laughs> I talking mean, about. I doing. am. You can see it. I mean, we're, we're we're looking at each other. <laughs> yeah, but before I knew it, I was able to get out of my really shitty apartment that I was living wow. in for four and a half okay, years, and good. I was able to move up to uh, the Burbank area, and I had a nice place. I was like, music is paying for this somehow. That's cool. I'm I'm not an original songwriter making money, but I'm a musician, and I'm able to make a living. I'm not going to be rich from it, but that's pretty cool now you weren't you were single at the time i was yeah yeah, yeah i was okay. single at the time and did you did you give up on the songwriting thing or did you still kind of you know i don't everyone has their own method when it comes to songwriting but so were you were you did you have ideas or were they just kind of like they just didn't go anywhere i have I, I would say i have given up on the songwriting thing but there's always that kind of fantasy of being able to sit down and write something that I feel is really great and right. that somebody's going to listen to. And because I have people that have heard my music and said, Kevin, why don't you write anymore? Why, don't, why aren't you still writing music? It's, you know what it is? It's because I'll listen to some of these guys, my idols, Billy Joel, the Beatles. And I'm like, if, if my song isn't as good as what I'm hearing. Why am <laughs> right. I doing Why it? am I doing it? Yeah. But so yeah, I really focus my energy on just trying to be a good interpreter of already written music got it i love that yeah. Yeah, and that's how of course you know many people know you um how did you learn how do you learn your songs that you're covering so for example i know some people that can hear a song once and then they can just play it i know others that have to read music have to read sheet music I, what's your method yeah so i don't know how to read music i play by ear when i was a kid and i started taking music, you know, piano lessons, I had to learn how to read. Right. It was was really like, it was a struggle. I I still remember to this day, the piano teacher would say to my mom, Kevin's music reading ability is far below average. (laughs) Yeah. It's even lower than a kid that has never played an instrument in their life that you put him down at the piano, but his technical ability to play and his ear is, is, is way up there. So and that's the same thing today. I don't know how to read a, a note. Um, I so it. I play by ear. Yeah, I do know how to read chord charts. Oh, okay. Is, yeah. So if, if you were doing like, if you were to help, or if you were to be part of a band, you could look at the charts and then kind of rock, rock out a, a song and whatnot, right? Exactly, yeah. When I was in high school, I played in the jazz band, and that's when I learned how to do that. And it was maybe the most um, beneficial piece of musical education that i ever <laughs> that <you> got, got. <laughs> reading charts yeah got it oh, oh yeah that's absolutely cool. okay so fast forward a bit and so here you are with i mean really I, and i for those that haven't seen kevin's shows i mean you're after this we'll tell you how you can how you can subscribe and get that information but um like during the show there's people all over the world like saying hey kevin what's up and hey can you play you know bottle of red or you know something like i think that was the last one i had sent you um you know the, the yeah. different songs and so how did you learn those? 
And like, how do you decide what's going to be in your, like, you've been doing this for a while, I guess, but how how does that work? Yeah. Over the years, you know, years and years ago when YouTube first started, I think it was 2006, if I'm not mistaken, I uh, decided to start recording myself doing cover songs. And if you look back and you can go see them on my channel and they are absolutely horrendous, Uh, just (laughs) really terribly (laughs) recorded and videoed and sounding. But anyways, I started then and I started you know, kind of steadily growing my YouTube channel. And uh, I've been doing that ever since because it ended up being a really good tool to showcase on those vendor sites that I was saying for like if a bride wants someone to sing Ed Sheeran while she walks down the aisle, she'll see my video on there playing Perfect by Ed Sheeran. She's like, oh, we want to hire Kevin for the wedding. Oh, yeah. So that's how Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then the pandemic hits. Yep. And there's there's always this moment in your in your podcast, Justin, right. when your when your guests say, "In the pandemic and hit." They, right. You're right. And they, they everything bring up changed. COVID. <laughs> yeah. And my business went from a thousand dollars a year to twenty million dollars a year somehow right. during the <laughs> right. pandemic. Uh, <laughs> You're right. In fact, we right. just had we just talked about one that was on yesterday. That was, I know. That was on that. Yep. Yeah. So, anyways, I had seen a buddy of mine who has have never met in person, my buddy Steve, who lives out in Nevada, he was doing these live stream performances. And obviously this is not a new technology. It was around before the pandemic, but I never realized you can kind of hook everything up to make it sound great and look great. Totally. I was always, I didn't want to just go live and set up my phone and start playing music. And it just really sounds bad. Right. I know that's the, well, go ahead. And then I want to bring something up on that. No, that's okay. And then one day I I was testing out some new equipment. I was like, let me go on YouTube and see what happens if I go live. I wasn't expecting anybody. I was maybe like two people. (laughs) And all of a sudden I had like 50 people watching just during my test run. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. It was everything I ever wanted as a performer. Because, you know, when you go and you do these paid gigs, like a wedding, you have to be there to make the client happy. Right. No matter what it is. Yes. This was the first time. <laughs> you could do this for yourself on your terms, your method. Yes. Yeah, everything. You're with the sound that I want, ah, with the picture nice. that I want, playing yeah. the songs that I want. If somebody requests a song and I don't want to play it, I don't yeah, have to play you can it. just flip through it. Right. Yeah, and it became honestly the thing that I look forward to the most doing every week, especially during peak pandemic when everybody was locked in their houses. Yeah, so cool. I was just thinking, so, you know, the last... 18 months, fast forwarded a lot of things for a lot of people, right? For one way or another, right? And technology is one that that advanced very quickly for companies and for people connecting, you know, through work and meetings and whatnot, but also like in the, the whole music space. And like you're saying with the, like everyone had to figure out how to set up a home office and then also how to record and publish and like present themselves in a way that was was amazing, right? That that was so quality, and that in the past they hadn't really focused on, right? And so that's that's kind of how I think about you. Yeah, and it really made all of it because I love the technical aspect of music and recording and sound almost as much as I do the actual music. Right, and you got and a cool camera now. I mean, like we yeah. were talking about this <laughs> camera is awesome. The one you're yeah. using there. Um, okay, so let's dive into some details. So you start, um, you, you start 
developing a following. And so you're like, wow, I can do this. And so how did you decide how often you do your shows? How are you going to, you do a good job interacting with people that are watching, you know, engaging um, the audience. Like how, how did you think about that as you grew to this many subscribers? Yeah. Well, I wish I could say I came up with the idea, but I saw my buddy Steve doing it. And I saw some other musicians doing it where people would go in and request songs. And there are certain right. pieces of software that you can use that you can highlight someone's comment. I know. I love so, that when you highlight mine, by the way. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> It's cool because I feel special, man. It's like, oh, cool, fine. You know, that's exactly it. I'm I'm glad you said that, Justin, because you feel special. But who am I? I'm nobody, really. I mean, nobody, nobody cares. But nobody cares. But it's cool that you're being, uh, you know, paid attention to when you're watching somebody online that just is somewhere you know nowhere near where you live, and they brought up your comments. So I find that to be a really cool tool to keep the interaction going, and it keeps people I think coming back is like, oh, I wonder if he's going to pick my song request right. or, or highlight my comment. Right. So that has been just such a really, in, just such an enjoyable part of, of doing that has the to be really thing. cool. I, mean, I just love doing it. It's great. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. okay. And when you first started, was it mostly, I'll, I'll say, quote unquote, people you knew, friends and family, or was it like randoms? And is it still randoms? Like all your, like people, like I saw the other day, someone from Germany was on, someone from like South America. Like, are you just picking up people like that? How's that working? Yeah. So over the years, since I was already making those cover song videos that I was putting on YouTube. Yep. Uh, I had already gained a pretty decent subscriber base. So those people were already there. And if they happen to be on YouTube at the time that I'm going live, they'll they'll see that I'm live and they'll tune in if they feel like it. And then I'll say, well, I'll be back again next Saturday at this time and come, you know, let me know what you want to hear next week. And hopefully it'll keep people That's coming. But at cool. the time, yeah, I mean, when I first started, my whole family was really excited. It was like, oh, Kevin's live. <laughs> right. they, He's live. You know, yeah, yeah, because they never see me perform right. anywhere. You're at weddings and corporate events and birthday exactly. parties. Exactly. I never do anything in public as far as music goes. For all right. they know, I, I stopped playing piano 20 years ago. <laughs> you so. don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, um, yeah, Okay, and then how, does it remind people, like once they subscribe, does it send you a reminder that, hey, the the new the next show is tonight at five or how does that work yeah so if you go on youtube and you subscribe either you can have it in your notifications at any time i'm live they'll get something that pops up saying kevin is live or they may follow me on instagram or facebook and they'll see that i have set up a live you know a live performance that's going to be happening in the future at some point usually the day before or the day of got it so you you really kind of expanded it even beyond just like playing piano and and more production and production quality and even some video um and you're really good at editing and like sound production and whatnot which is one of the things you had shared with me how did did you already know how to use like different types of tools or what tools do you use for that? And maybe you can share in some of your equipment that you use. I think some of our listeners will really be interested in that. Yeah, sure. So um, I, I spent a lot of time on YouTube learning about different pieces of equipment. And there are there's, there's basically two different ways that you can go about it. You can go all digital, which is using everything that's made for you here on the computer, which you can use to go live, you know, and mixing and, and all that stuff. I found that to be a little bit difficult for me, so I just invested in a just regular mixer, which you can't see here. Obviously, nobody right. can see it when they're listening because there's no video. Right, but you've got it over to the side. Yeah, yeah, I've got a little Yamaha mixer, 
And I have this uh, Shure SM7B, which is kind of like Very the familiar. podcasting, yep. <laughs> you know, microphone that people see. And they're like, oh, I want to get that. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a status symbol. But the truth I is, is it, it's a really awesome microphone. And people always say that the big claim to fame was Michael Jackson used it to record Thriller. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yep, so, I, I always uh, see that mic. I, or you know, I don't always see it, but when I see it on our with the guests that I have on, I always go, "Oh, that's I, I know the sound will be excellent." Yeah, and I think that it really became popular in the podcast world mainly because of Joe Rogan. It's what he uses, and he's Mr. Podcast, right? Yeah, obviously, yeah. not me. I'm yeah, yeah, just a random. Podcast. <laughs> well, no, you are also Mr. Podcast, Justin. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Um. That's okay. So what else? Uh, you so, mentioned cameras and things earlier before we hit record. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, cool. for the sound, it, the mixer, the, the the microphone, and the keyboard. I have a keyboard here. It's a digital piano. It all goes into the mixer. Mixer goes into what's called a compressor, which kind of puts a little pop uh, on it. it yeah. yeah, a little a little liveliness to it. And it all goes into the computer. And then, yeah, I have a Sony camera. It's a digital camera and Alpha series. And I bought a a nice lens, a 14 millimeter Sigma lens. And I hope all these companies just send me all this stuff right. for free since I'm plugging <laughs> exactly. them. Exactly. Hey, it's good. Yeah. People like to know though, you know? No, absolutely. And I, I, I wish I had seen it. And now there really are like, Hey, this is how you do this. Right. You buy this, you buy that and you connect it. I mean, and you you could do a little YouTube on this, right? And might, might exactly. be a good thing. You got yeah, some, sure, I see you got a cool, you got some cool lighting too. I see uh, yeah. some lighting for the studio, not just back yeah. there up over your left shoulder too. Yeah, this is just a, a little uh, LED light kit that I got over here. I have another one. You can't see it here. And then I have this $10 little uh, Edison lamp that I got on Amazon and a record player that my dad bought on QVC about 25 years ago, which is made to look like an antique, but it's not. So <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's so a basic setup. That's really, really cool. So how does this fit in? Day job versus side hustle? And how do you think about these different uh, creative aspects of your life? Yeah. So the end of 2019 or middle towards the end, I was asked by somebody that my wife knows who's an entrepreneur and she's a life coach and a business coach. And she asked me if I'd be interested in coming on to her podcast as a guest to talk about my music career as a, an event musician. Totally. And I said, sure. So I had gone, so mind you, this is 2019 pre pre pandemic. Right. I had gone to her little studio that she was renting out. Cause she had a little podcast studio and I got there and she said, all my equipment is messed up. I don't know how to do this. So I paid a guy a ton of money to come in and set this up, and it sounds terrible. And she's like, I'm really sorry. I was like, well, I actually know a little bit about this kind of stuff. Do you mind if I take a look? Yeah, let me let me fix it for you. Let me fix it. So I got it up and running for her, and she kind of almost jokingly said, hey, do you want to edit and produce my podcast? And at that time, prior to that interview, I while the, the event gigs were at an all-time high and i was looking at 2020 it was going to be my best ecstatic year ecstatic year right it was going to be a fantastic year i'm sure i know i know that you have heard that many times from right. from other yeah, guests right. as well uh and um at but to be honest at that time i was a couple of things were happening i was getting a little bit burnt out on the late night long gigs um i was starting to be a little bit more uh, um, like uh, to, to kind of pick and choose the type of gigs that are more my fit. I wasn't into the piano bar, people drunk, 
you know, coming up to me, play this song, spilling beer on me. Yeah, I got it. (laughs) Right. It's just, it's one of those things that gets old, especially after you've been doing it a long time and you're just not in that Or they want you to play like a song that you really don't play, nor do you want to play. Right. I mean, mean, how how many times (laughs) do I have to play Sweet Caroline? Right. Seriously. Yeah, bum, I, for bum, sure. I, bum. I, yeah, I've played for sure. I've played it more than Neil Diamond has in his whole life. I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, anyways, I was starting to get burnt out. And um, I was also my wife and I at that time, we, we were planning on starting a family in the near future. And I was like, I just don't see how coming home after midnight it will work our baby's home is really gonna work (laughs) right and i had i was kind of racking my brain i was like how can i pivot and use my knowledge of music and my knowledge of editing and sound into something else and i wasn't i wasn't getting there i didn't i didn't know what it is i was going to do i actually went on and i i went on upwork and i opened a profile and uh and i was like let me see what happens. I didn't have any specific focus at the time. I didn't say podcast editor. And uh, after that day that I went into that girl's interview, um, I was like, well, maybe I'll do podcast editing for people. And Justin, you were one of my earlier clients and thank you so much. And I really mean this. I mean, you, (laughs) for some reason, gave me a chance to take on your series and it's been really awesome and you're well into your 300s almost 400 that's right it's crazy it's just really been amazing so that became my full-time job and then the pandemic hit and just as the podcast business was kind of slowly rising slowly little by little little by little all of my gigs disappeared they all went away right (laughs) what was that date so what was the date that they closed it was march like 13th yeah i I had done a gig i was at a wedding and everybody was talking about oh man like things are getting really bad i heard there's two (laughs) cases of two two cases yeah oh yeah i heard somebody somebody said i heard there are two cases of coronavirus in the area here in north miami (laughs) and i'm at the (laughs) wedding and i'm like um i don't i'm getting really nervous here and it was that night that everything changed. Right. And that was the last gig I really did for a long time. And thankfully, just as people's businesses were being put on hold or closing, they were trying to pivot and say, let me start a podcast and see if I can use this in some sort of way. And my podcast business just really kind of took off. So That's really cool. this is one crash, the, the podcast business. Uh, and things have opened up off. again, right? Things are getting back going, um, which is good, right? Exciting for you. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully they'll continue. Things now are a little shaky again, uh, especially down here in Florida. Right. So <laughs> no, Florida. I mean, yeah. that's a whole nother podcast. Um, yes, it is. It's so funny. Um, no, that's pretty cool. So, so yeah, that, that's, I think awesome. And, um, and so when you work with, when people reach out to you with a project, whether it be a, a sound editing project or, singing or music like how do you usually approach it what's your what's your thought process yeah well i mean with the music it's nowadays thankfully i'm in a position where i can really be picky as as far as the type of gigs that i want to do totally they they have to be capped out at a certain amount of hours they can't be too far if they are far then they've got to make it worth it um and and no more of these drunken dueling piano piano bar gigs anymore for me not that there's anything wrong with those but it's just not what i want for myself and then as far as the podcasts go it's kind of the same thing Uh, i'm still 
you know, growing, growing the podcast business. And it's, it's ultimately one day, if I can look into the future and say, this is my ultimate goal, I'd love to just do the editing more work that. right? more and more. And maybe even one day, just completely hundred percent, just editing. And totally. then I'll do my live stream performances just for my own pure enjoyment right. as a musician. Which is cool. And you can keep building that following. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And for those uh, listening that have th- I've thought about, you know, your own podcast or, or wondering about this. Yeah, there's other pieces and parts to it, right? There's the distribution part around how you, you know, what platform you use to get the podcast out um, with the finished product. There's the marketing of it, the PR of it, the getting guests. I mean, like, I, that's, you know, this would be a whole thing. I should, I should do like a whole episode on this, but you really um, should. Yeah, you <laughs> should. There's a method to it. Um, what you're going to focus on, your structure, your approach, like all mine kind of follow a similar format, um, which is one that's worked. And anyway, that's really, really cool. Um, but this is about you, Kevin. So, okay. So as our audience is listening, they're like, man, I want to learn more. I want to connect with, I want to subscribe so I can come to his concerts. How do they do that with you? Yeah. So for the music, if you're interested in seeing me perform live, either online or if you want to hire me to come play at your event, uh, you can go on YouTube and search for Kevin Lawrence, and Lawrence is spelled L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E. So like Lauren, but Lawrence. Oh, My parents nice. wanted to complicate things when they decided <laughs> to give me a middle name. Nice. So Lawrence with a U. And uh, you can go to kevinlawrence.com, and you can find everything there you need as far as contacting me for your upcoming events. And then as far as Upwork goes, or not Upwork, as far as my editing goes, the majority of my work is done through Upwork, which is a freelance platform, as many of you know. And uh, But if you want to reach out directly, it's... You want, can, you want me to give my email here, Justin? Yeah, if you want to, sure. Why not? Cool. So it's info at thepodcastdepot.com. Pretty easy. Yeah, man. Yeah, I really appreciate your friendship. You've helped me with so many things, just thinking about um, production differently, which has been amazing. And um, I, I love your story. I mean, and, and like I say to others on, on other episodes, I feel like you have so much runway in front of you to be doing more. And I'm just excited for some of our audience to hear your story and be able to connect with you. Well, thank you, Justin. And, and when you asked me to do this, I was surprised. I was like, well, you know, you have all the, the, these companies that are multi-million dollar success stories. And while I consider myself a success story in my own little bubble here, I was uh, surprised. And I hope that this information was entertaining and hopefully, you know, useful to some of your yes, listeners. It absolutely was. And we got to get you back on, man. You got to come back on down the road, as I like to say. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> all right, we'll man. Do thanks, Kevin. <laughs> thank you, Justin. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.